Welcome to the Burnout Recovery Podcast, a guiding resource dedicated to healthcare professionals on their journey to overcoming burnout. Spearheaded by Dr. Joe Braid, a certified professional coach and rehabilitation physician. This podcast offers practical strategies through expert interviews and personal resilience stories, providing invaluable tools for navigating professional challenges while prioritizing well-being. Regardless of your role in healthcare, this podcast acknowledges the toll of your work on your overall health and is committed to supporting your recovery from burnout and fostering a fulfilling, sustainable career. So, if you're ready to begin a transformative journey, join us for each new episode. Together, we'll navigate challenges, celebrate successes, and build a supportive community of healthcare professionals. Hello and welcome back to the Burnout Recovery Podcast. I'm delighted to have you uh, listen to the show today. And if this is your first time listening to this podcast, a very warm welcome to you. Today on the podcast, I'm delighted to have as my guest, Dr. Mary Lung, who is a physician who is board certified in internal medicine, medical oncology and hematology. Mary is also a certified life coach who is passionate about serving physicians who are stressed, overwhelmed and burned out. Welcome to the podcast, Mary. Thank you so much for having me today. You are so welcome. I had the pleasure of meeting Mary in person at the recent fourth Physician Coaching Summit in Arizona. It was really great to connect there and Mary presented on specifically physician burnout there as well, which was great to have a really interactive workshop. Thanks, Mary. Yeah, thank you. It was so much fun and uh, it was great meeting you there. Yeah, thank you. Thank you. So, Mary, um, you're over in the east coast of the US in New York, I understand. Yeah. And um, you're still working full time with like four days in in a clinical role and one day with an administrative role. Yes. Yes. Yeah. And I see about um, 20 to 27 patients a day. Right. Okay. Yeah. Uh-huh. Wow. That sounds like quite a lot through the day. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. So, yes. And in my spare time, yes. I, 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 I coach physicians who basically went through what I, I mean, going through what I went through yeah. when I was uh, really stressed, I was burned out, I was working long hours, I was just um, charting over time and not really having much time to spend with my family. Mm, mm, mm. Well, let's hear a bit more about that. Like, tell me sort of how it was and, and, you know, how that medical career can, or that medical time and admin can seep into our available time that we're meant to have, um, outside of work. Tell us the picture of what it was like for you before you have put in strategies and, uh, and, and all the changes you have made. Please, Mary. Um, in the past, when I was uh, just working, I think in the beginning as an attending physician, I just, I just thought that, you know, that was the end. That was it. You know, I have climbed to the top. I finished my training. I got what I wanted. It was a really a happy time for me. And then I started working, you know, the job that I'm actually still at right now. And, um, I I was seeing more and more patients uh, every day because I, I joined this group practice um, as a new physician. Mm-hmm. And um, so then I started to go home later and later because I was just seeing more and more patients. And I, I guess what I did not realize in my medical training 
was that uh, the burden of things outside of just seeing the patients, you know, Mm -hmm. for example, the charting, uh, the patient documentation, the administrative duties, the phone calls, the paperwork, you know, that we have to fill out for patient, et cetera, et cetera. So long story short, I was going home later and later. And before you you know it, I was going home after 7 Mm p.m. And I was not done with my work. I just wanted to go home because I wanted to see my kids. Yes. I have, I have two relatively young children several years back. I mean, they're, you know, right now 12 and 15. Mm-hmm. But at that time, it was really a crucial time to spend with them. So, you know, uh, they, they get the appropriate tender loving care that yeah. they would need from, from a mom. Sure. And, and so what ended up happening was that I most of the nights I would bring work home, spend some time with the kids, and after they went to bed, I would be doing more patient documentation. Mm. And sometimes even the weekends, I would be mm-hmm. doing that. Mm-hmm. And before you know it, I was just very tired. I was... I didn't feel like I was living. I, I felt like I was just going through the motions. Yeah. And I, I didn't really enjoy spending time with my friends, even though I really normally would enjoy doing that because I just had no energy. Mm. So thinking back, I was just really, really burnt out without realizing that yes. was yeah. burnt out. Sure. Mm. Yeah. yeah. And then... Did you see in your medical practice that that was kind of normalized, that other colleagues would also take work home and they'd also, you know, push the finish time of the day? Was it kind of similar how other people seem to be operating? Yes, Hmm. it seems like most of my colleagues were doing this similar things and not just in my specialty, but in other specialties. I'll just say more so in the internal medicine type of specialties, mm. maybe not so much in the surg- surgical um, specialties. Yeah. And um, so it was just a normal thing. And it seemed like I think that was this unspoken batch of honor that, you know, being busy or working long hours way after your scheduled yes. uh, office you know, or clinic hours, that seemed to be an honorable thing to do. Mm-hmm. And and I thought that that was a normal thing. And I just bought into that whole idea. Yeah. And of course, the sacrifice was myself. Mm-hmm. And I, I was not feeling well mentally. I mean, I didn't really um, get to the point that I needed, you know, additional like therapy help or um, psychiatric intervention or anything mm-hmm. like that. But it was yeah. just so emotionally draining yeah. that I thought that was not really living to me. Yes. And so so that really lasted for quite a few years. Did until it? Yeah. yeah. And I did not know that there was any other way. I thought sure. I was stuck. Mm-hmm. I thought the only other way was to quit my job. Yes. Or to be part-time. Mm-hmm. 
Yeah. And so for, I think for financial reasons, for um, reasons that I, I really did not want to move away from, you know, New York, I, I just thought that I was, I was stuck in that job because all the other jobs in the area were pretty much in a similar flavor. Mm. And, um, and I, I, I felt even more miserable because I felt stuck. Yes. Okay. Until, yeah. Yes. yeah. What was the pivotal moment? What was, what was your point where, um, you, you either, either made a decision and something had to change or, um, what, what was it that, um, either brought you into coaching or, or where things yeah. changed for you, Mary? So it was the pandemic. All right. And yes. So of course no one wanted to have the pandemic. And I do believe that, you know, there's always something good coming out of something in general, even mm-hmm. something bad or something seriously un- unfavorable. So mm-hmm. for me, it was the pandemic. That was the first time that I had the taste of really going home on time um, because I was only seeing 30% of the patients right. that I was seeing normally. Yeah. So okay. Th- that felt really nice. <laughs> and I had time outside of work and I actually had to think about what to do because I had time. So mm. I picked up baking. I was spending more time with the kids because they were home too because mm-hmm. of the pandemic. Sure. So then I thought, what if I could do this when it wasn't a pandemic and I was seeing the same number of patients as I used to be seeing. Mm-hmm. That would be really, really nice. Sure. And so around that time, I was introduced to life coaching. Mm. How did that come across your path? Yes. So I, I really, looking back, I think that that was God sent. Mm-hmm. Uh, I was just browsing my husband's Facebook page and I was so busy that I did not even have my Facebook page myself. Mm -hmm. And uh, this ad came up about physicians doing side gigs or doing things outside of medicine. Mm -hmm. That never crossed my mind. You know, I thought people doing things outside of clinical medicine would be limited to just doing purely research or pharmaceutical companies, you know, something Mm -hmm. like that. Mm -hmm. So they were doing something entirely different. Mm -hmm. And uh, there was a summit about uh, those physicians. Mm -hmm. And one of the speakers or was, you know, a a life coach, you know, who was was a physician. So um, I listened to it. I thought it made sense. And I thought, you know what, I wanted to find out more about it. Mm -hmm. And what was there to lose, you know, because my situation was so bad, so terrible that mm. I would do anything to be able to be either more efficient or, you know, or doing something entirely different, anything. Sure. So then I joined the, you know, um, uh, the physician coaching program. Mm-hmm. And then there I was working with a coach and um, because my biggest obstacle for living my life was really not being able to go home on time mm. uh, while 
you know, doing my clinical work. Mm -hmm. So we were focusing on that and uh, working, you know, weekly sessions. So within three months, I went from going home and, and mind you, at that time, I was already seeing back to my usual patient load, like 20 some patients a day. Mm-hmm. Um, so I went from used to going home past seven and most of the nights still had work to do yeah. to going home around five to five thirty with everything wow. done. Fantastic. So good. <laughs> yes. So, so of course, since then I've been consistently doing that, just going home on time, with mm. all my work done mm. and I can never go back yeah. to where I was, sure. you know, my identity has changed. Mm. I am now, you know, a physician who goes home on time mm. with everything done. Mm-hmm. And, and I think this has really transformed my life so much that I thought, you know, I want to share this with other physicians. Yes. And so I started life coaching for mm-hmm. other physicians who is going through what I went through. So good. So good. Yeah. So I'm hearing you say that you uh, implemented change over about a three-month period and these strategies have been sustainable, clearly rewarding, um, and something you can then coach other physicians around and sort of share with them as well. Yeah. So um, that that is so good to hear. So you have upskilled as a coach as well yeah which which um coach training um school did you go through yes um, i went through the life coach school yeah okay yeah Yeah. same yeah absolutely yeah that's great yeah so so um i guess what are strategies either strategies that you're sharing with your clients or what are maybe some of the questions you ask them because i think you know we're physicians originally we're really good generally at history taking and that's probably a bit of what we do as well with our clients what are some of those like open the door questions that you might ask your clients to get an understanding around um their their work schedule their work balance Yes. So um, when I work on, um, I guess during the session, when I work with my physician clients, I usually start with asking them, so what is, what is the biggest problem or what is the biggest obstacle Mm -hmm. and what would you like to accomplish? You know, what is your goal? You know, so, so for example, just take myself as an example is, you know, my goal was to go home on time. And I would ask the physician, why? Why do you want to go home on time? Mm-hmm. So um, I think that's a very important question yeah. because by understanding the exact reason behind it, it's, you know, it's really acts as a motivator for, you know, for that person to, you know, to um, start the fuel to to get the day going uh, yeah. to to work accordingly you know to be more efficient mm-hmm. so for example it's like for me it's i want to go home on time so that i can you know spend more time with my family more mm. quality and meaningful time yes so so i think you know um uh just in the beginning you know or or you can say is an introductory session is to find out 
what the problem is, you know, mm-hmm. and, um, uh, you know, what, uh, is, is it the charting, um, after hours, you know, that's the problem. And what, you know, what did they want to do to, you know, like, and why do they want to change that? You know, yes. I think that's the first thing to find out. Yeah. And second thing is really to find out. So, you know, or what they think that is stopping them from going home on time. Mm. Yeah. Okay. Mm-hmm. Yeah. So, mm-hmm. so I, think a, so a lot of uh, doctors would say that, oh, there are too many patients to see, or um, the charting is really you know, annoying or cumbersome or, you know, something like that. Mm -hmm. And I think even though those things seem to be true, Mm -hmm. they're actually not exactly factual. Mm -hmm. So, so, you know, I point out that, okay, you know, two people can be seeing 25 patients, Mm -hmm. you know, one Doctor may be thinking that, oh, 25 patients, that's totally doable because I normally see 30, 35 patients. Mm-hmm. And the other doctor may be thinking 25 patients, that's too many patients for me. That's maybe 20 patients too many for me. So, right. Yeah. And they, they would generate very different emotions because yes. of what they're thinking. So, um, I think just to be having the awareness of what they're thinking to find out that oh that's what they're thinking that's why they feel the way that they feel yes i think that's an also a very important discovery Mm -hmm. yeah and so so i think what i'm trying to say is even though i ultimately you know uh, talk about and teach about you know specific strategies for the individual doctors i think first to work on, you know, finding out or be curious about what they're thinking Mm. and how they're operating and and to have themselves realize that's what's going on. That's the most important step. Yeah. So good. Yeah. (laughs) Great. Yeah. I love it. Um, sort of, yeah, knowing your why, why does it matter that you're at work instead of being somewhere else? What's your why behind that? And then, yeah, checking out those maybe recurrent thoughts that have become a belief around the workplace and getting that emotional granularity, uh, more, um, defined and sort of understanding the range of feelings that we might be experiencing in medicine and, yeah. Getting getting uh, clearer on the thoughts and feelings, creating our actions and so forth. I guess the similar training that you and I have been through, and um, yeah. And so, what what would you say? Um, you know, other than getting home on time um, and having more family, more quality and meaningful family time for you, what would you say is a change for you or your clients when they are in their clinical work? Because that still often is like the majority of where our time is spent during the working week or even the whole week. We know that we're at the workplace quite a lot of the time. So how's that a different experience for them or your, or use yourself as an example, if you'd like, Mary? I would say it's kind of almost both because we're very similar experiences since, you know, I 
I was once, you know, my own client almost, right? You know, yes. and um, so, so I think in the past, I, w- I was dreading, I was dreading the, the, the clinic day, even though I went into medicine, really think just from the simple thought of, I want to help people and I enjoy helping people. Mm-hmm. But it was really the emotional training day-to-day routine that I felt that, you know, I couldn't enjoy anything. I was working all these long hours for what, you know, mm-hmm. to, um, to, to really be available 24 um, seven yeah. for my patients, for, for the hospital, for the clinic and, but not available for myself and for my family. Mm-hmm. Was that really the point or was that really what a doctor should be like? And mm-hmm. I, I don't agree with that. And so I think with that, I was just kind of arguing with, you know, what was actually happening and what I really wanted. So I, I was really dreading the day and I was dreading the hours. I did not enjoy it. And now, because, you know, I think that with me being able to manage the day so much better, Mm -hmm. I feel like, you know, it's a manageable day. I can do this. I am capable and I, I am more engaged mm. in the patient interaction. And yes. that's what I value is not just the um, labeling or managing the diagnoses, mm-hmm. you know, the, the physical ailments that mm-hmm. the patients have, but really the human connection yeah. that I have with the patients and their families. Sure. It's, I en- enjoy having just small talks with them. Uh, I enjoy knowing where they went for vacation or who does, you know, 144 sit-ups a day, um, you know, <laughs> and, and I just know these things. And, and sometimes I even know all the family members' names, you know, and, yeah. and, and this is what I get to do more now because my mind is not just thinking that, oh, I cannot finish the day, but I can focus on really be present when I'm seeing patients. Mm-hmm. I can be present outside of seeing patients. Yes. So I think the quality of life has definitely dramatically transformed into a much more pleasant one that I feel like I'm really living and, and being and not just going through the motions yeah. or the routine. Yeah, that's great. Yeah, so good to hear. Yeah, okay. So I guess we've got some of those insights in what you ask your clients as well. And then through unpacking some of that, that maybe helps bring about some strategies that they would be able to use inside and outside of work. Are there any highlights that you want to share with what strategies you might use? Yes. So uh, I think one of the most important things besides what we talked about is Mm. how we start our day. Uh Uh-huh. Yes. Okay. So I think when, um, when you wake up in the morning is, you know, I think one of the things that I always do is I, you know, I'm grateful. I, you know, it can just be, I'm grateful that I did not 
need the alarm to wake me up or oh. I'm grateful for another day to live on earth. Mm -hmm. You know, it can be something big, it can be something small, but something that you're grateful for. And the next thing that I tell myself is today is going to be a good day, no matter what happens, mm -hmm. you know? Mm -hmm. So, so I think, especially in medicine as doctors, whatever specialty you're in, if you're in clinical medicine, there are always going to be surprises, sure. good or bad. Mm -hmm. So I think by me saying that or whatever sentence that is helpful for you to say mm -hmm. is that, okay, you know, you're going to match the day and you're taking into account that there are going to be something unpredictable happening. Yes. So when it comes, then you won't be all flustered or frustrated and you will just be dealing with it. Mm -hmm. yeah. So I think how you start your day is very important. And of course, during your day, when you're seeing patients, I think a lot of us are seeing patients on a schedule, especially mm -hmm. in the outpatient setting, sure. is to focus on one patient at a time, meaning that, you know, when you see the patient, you do the documentation. And even if you have to spend an extra five, seven minutes after seeing the patient, mm -hmm. just do it. Yes. Because, yeah, it, uh, one of the mistakes I, I made in the past that kind of prolonged my clinic day was that I thought, well, I wanted to keep my patients on time on the mm. schedule. Yeah. So my sacrifice was to do a lot of the charts at the end of the day when I was done with seeing the last patient. Oh. In your, your my, own time. Yeah. In mm. my own time. Mm. And it would take me two to three times longer to complete that same chart had yeah. I you know, completed it right then and there, right after seeing the patient. Sure. Mm. So by seeing the patient and doing the chart, you would actually spend less time doing the charting and you can dedicate your concentration more, you know, because you're, you're just dealing with one patient at a yes. time as opposed yeah. to thinking about two patients beforehand of, oh, what you forgot to do. Sure. So, yeah. I that's think great. that's very, yeah. So, um, another thing is to remember to take breaks. Sure. That's yes. another thing that I did not do. Mm -hmm. Um, it doesn't have to be a long break, but you know, um, even, you know, don't forget to take bathroom breaks. Very mm -hmm. important. Yes. <laughs> and, and even snack or lunch, you know, some little break because, you know, our mind, our body, needs to be recharged, needs yes. the refueling. And, and especially, I think, after a whole morning's worth of work. So I think that, you know, uh, for me, a lot of times was I was really, you know, not keeping up with the pace at the second half of the day. Mm -hmm. And um, of course, it was also because I was thinking that I was getting tired. I, I, you know, I, it was getting late. I didn't want to do the work. Yeah. But at the same time as I was really physically and emotionally more tired than in the morning. Yes. Because yeah. I, I was going straight through. Okay. I did yeah. not take any breaks. So by just taking even a few minutes break, that really helps. Yeah. So, good. so you, you think that, um, by taking a break, you're wasting more time, but it is actually saving you time because mm -hmm. you're going to be end up 
more efficient, yes. uh, especially the second half of the day. Yeah, so good. Yeah, and great. I, I think another strategy yeah. mm-hmm. is to m- minimize the interruptions. Yes, you know, okay. so so there are two kinds of interruptions. One is the external interruption, mm-hmm. meaning that, um, uh, for example, if you work in a clinic, you a lot of times you work with. Uh, the staff, like on the front desk, sure. answering phone calls uh, and um, secretaries. Uh, they're they're going to be medical assistant nurses, uh, nurse practitioners, physician mm-hmm. assistant, etc. Yeah. So, I think it's going to be helpful if you're able to come up with a protocol um, to let them know when it is absolutely necessary to interrupt you and yes. otherwise don't interrupt you in the middle yeah. of seeing patients. Great. So mm. the other interruption is your own interruption for yourself. Yeah. So um, uh, make it a point to minimize the number of times that you check email throughout mm-hmm. the day yeah. or maybe just set set times to do it. Maybe like you just do it three or two, four times total throughout sure. the day. Yes. Um, and and also, you know, social media, that's a big thing. Same thing, you know, maybe just mm. limited to during lunchtime or, you know, um, something that is minimizing. Yes. Because the the thing is that I think we all want to believe that we can multitask. <laughs> In yeah. reality, we're, we're just task switching. Yes. And whenever we're switching from one thing to another, it takes us time to recover. Yeah. So. If you're switching 50 times in the day, that's however many seconds times 50 Mm. that we have wasted. Yes. Yeah. So good. Such useful tips. I think um, even if people take away one of those five tips that you shared there, that's a great start (laughs) and, um, you know, easy easy enough to implement, free to implement. Um, It's just about really being intentional and planned through through your day and considering what you could do differently. Mary, I've really enjoyed uh, all the insights that you've shared with myself and my listeners as well today. Um, and I, I want to share that your um, coaching business is called Shining with Gratitude MD. It's such a beautiful name. And um, I, I can hear sort of the individual's light burning brighter through working with you and uh, bringing that gratitude into your everyday um, that you talk about doing personally as well. I'm going to ask you my final question that I ask all of my guests on the podcast. So what is one self-care routine or strategy that you rarely miss? Yeah, so um, I think besides uh, what I mentioned, you know, Mm. with just um, uh, morning gratitude practice that I always do, um, in the evening time, I I have um, my meditation time and my quiet time before mm-hmm. I go to bed. Mm-hmm. So that is a time that I reflect on the day. Um, I think about what you know what went well mm-hmm. and what can be improved. Mm-hmm. Um, and also, that's a time that I I pray, I speak to God, and um, just be quiet. And and I think. What is also helpful for, uh, for others too is that, you know, I, I think I've heard so, so many times that, especially my patients, they say that, oh, you know, um, they're tired. And I ask them why. And they would tell me that they don't sleep that well. 
And I would ask them, are you thinking about things? And they mm. say, yes. Mm. And they're thinking about a lot of things. I, I think um, uh, it would be helpful to make it to the point that when you hit the pillow, you know, just we're not going to think about anything until the morning time. Because with a good night's sleep, you're going to have better energy. You're going to have better mood. You're going to have better spirits yes. and, um, uh, to be more equipped. And, you know, when, when you sleep better, your stress level is lower mm. and you're just more pleasant uh, to be ready to deal with another day. Great. Yeah. So good. Oh, the value of good sleep. Couldn't agree more. It's so good. Yeah. So look, I'll put in the show notes where people can reach out to you. Um, your website is shiningwithgratitudemd.com. You're on Facebook, Mary Lung and LinkedIn, Mary Lung MD. And, you know, if, if there's somebody who's, um, starting in 2024 at either uh, a new, a new level in their medical career, or they just don't want 2024 to be the same with the charting always hanging around them when they've left the workplace. Um, they, they could reach out to you for one-on-one -on -one physician coaching programs. Is that right? Yes. Yes. And why wait? You know, it's, um, I, I feel like some, sometimes, uh, people think that, oh, you know, I, I want to, do it myself or I want to wait a little bit longer. Mm. And I I also believe that, you know, if if that's, you know, if you need help, just ask for the help. Yeah. And um uh because, you know, if you know, if you're able to do it, you probably would have done it already. Right. right? Yes. And yes. and I think, you know, um uh that it's okay to ask for help. Um and and maybe there are just things that you didn't realize can happen. Just like me, you know, I didn't even realize that going home at five o'clock is a thing that is yes. possible yes. working full time, seeing so, you know, 20 some patients. Mm. So I think, you know, just be curious, be open minded and um uh just to be open to learning and growing. I think yeah. that is, you know, applicable for everybody. So good. Great. Mary, thank you so much for coming on the podcast. It's been um, an absolute pleasure to host you here. And thank you for all the wisdom you've shared to the audience. Thank you so much again for having me today. You're so welcome. Thanks for listening to this episode of the Burnout Recovery Podcast. If there's someone in your world who would also benefit from this, please share it with them. Remember, you are not alone and there is hope for a brighter, more fulfilling future. Let's continue this journey together one episode at a time. For more resources, including how to move from dread to delight, head to drjoebraid.com.